It's Maddie and Patty up and down the East Coast this fine afternoon from Brooklyn. This is Pat McMenamin to the Outer Banks of North Carolina on vacation. It's Matt Youngner. Say hello, Maddie. Hey, Patty. How you doing, buddy? I am great. I, uh, I, I am a, now a father of two. The, the Look Browns at you. won. The Browns won uh, on my, my second son's first uh, Browns game. Uh, he did better right, than he's than one Yeah, that's better than Arthur can say. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and the Indians are relevant. Uh, 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 Cavs training camp's about to begin. This is Exciting times. Reason to be excited. Uh, welcome to the Cleveland Sports Hour with Maddie and Patty. Uh, we are two self-aware but unapologetic homers who spend far too much time watching, reading, and thinking about the Browns, the Tribe, and the Cavs. So if you'd like the informed, intelligent Cleveland fans' perspective, you've come to the right place. Uh, the opening track is in honor of the rabbit, obviously, Travis Benjamin. It's all about the Benjamin. <laughs> B-Rabbit. B-Rabbit, who ripped off three touchdowns, had 115 yards receiving, 154 yards in punt returns, making him, Maddie. I don't know if you know this, uh, the second-ranked wide receiver in fantasy football. And still available in our league. zero leagues. <laughs> still available in our league, Maddie. You couldn't you even pick be him bothered up. to pick him up, Pat. <laughs> I don't That's know, tough. man. Come on. Four touchdowns in two games? Sign him up. I, I may have to sign him up. Uh, this is all in a week two uh, – see, uh, this is all an effort of a, of a week two season-saving season win. Uh, yes, the Browns season could have been decided in that game <laughs> in week two uh, over Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, uh, the Rabbit uh, narrowly snatched honors from our own uh, mighty brownie elf, uh, Matty. Uh, Johnny Menzel, as he lit up the Titans on Sunday, forcing number one Johnny Hader – uh, the mediocre retired Steelers running back and apparently renowned quarterback expert, Merrill Hodge, Not to change his awful <laughs> – no, no, to no one, Matty. Uh, basically, uh, if you didn't follow this, uh, Merrill Hodge has been ripping on Johnny, and Johnny's response was just he needs to worry about his wide neckties. Uh, and apparently, Merrill Hodge uh, promised he would wear an orange, horrible, wide necktie uh if johnny lit up the uh titans i think you could say he lit them up would you say he lit them up for our purposes yes for merrill hodges purposes yes yes and so he's still wearing an ugly tie but now it's an orange ugly tie uh so maddie let's talk about the, this game i mean i was bringing home my four-day-old son saul during the game so i barely caught up beyond beyond a few moments describe this game to me it sounds exciting pat i did not watch a single moment of the game not one Oh, not one second. Uh, so, so neither of us really watched the game that is supposed to make up about half the uh, episode of the Cleveland Sports Hour, huh? Yeah, this is a good place to come for an informed Cleveland sports opinion, Pat. That's right. Well, hey, Life no matter, Maddie, <laughs> no matter, Maddie and Patty are undaunted by such trifles that plague mere mortal podcast pundits. We don't actually need to watch the game in order to pontificate on a deeper meaning, do we, Maddie? I mean, I think we are smart enough individuals. We can, we can look through the statistics, read about the game, and put together a more cohesive uh, understanding of what happened uh, than anyone else could possibly do unless they listen to us, right? Our knowledge is so good we don't even have to watch the games, Pat. You know that. Yeah, this is true. Of course. I just want to make sure you knew and that our viewers understood. Uh, so, so, so we're going to recap the big game with our uh, uh, deep uh, breadth of experience. Uh, we'll look forward to next weekend's suddenly meaningful games against, against the uh, Raiders. Uh, then we're going to preview the Tribe's final playoff push, which begins tonight against the Minnesota Twins, who we are chasing. 
Uh, and then we'll st start the countdown to a major uh, Tristan Thompson signing deadline. So we'll, we'll wrap it up with some Cavs news uh, and look forward to, uh, obviously, training camp as much as we can. So, uh, Maddie, let's start with you. Uh, what are your opening thoughts on this, on this uh, uh, surprising game? So I, ha I, th I think I have a, some version of uh, charitable and uncharitable going on. Um, charitably, I think we were ready for this season to be over after last week. <laughs> we were prepared for a two-win season, a three-win season, and this sort of pulls us out of that a little bit, um, mm -hmm. which, is, which is great. Uh, less charitably, mm -hmm. the Titans are supposed to be terrible. <laughs> one win under their belt against the Buccaneers team. I think the truth, Pat, is actually somewhat in the middle. I don't think we're, we're as bad. A lot of bad breaks. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of fumble recoveries, big plays just not going our way. This week, uh, almost everything went our way. I think Mariota had but a fumble yeah. called back because of a, a Titans penalty, an interception called back because of a questionable Browns penalty. Um, one fumble that they recovered, but his other two fumbles we got back. Johnny Manziel lost two fumbles that we were able to recover. Um, it's, I, I love big plays, but it's hard to think that uh, two 50-plus yard touchdowns and an 85-yard punt return are sustainable forms of offense for us. Um, so I winning, it's a winning I, formula, Matty. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> we'd have to say that uh, we got a little lucky there. So maybe through two games we can say the Browns are not horrible and not great, mm -hmm. which is about where we expected them, and that we've gotten unlucky once and maybe lost to a much better Jets team who – maybe we'll talk about lit up the, the Colts pretty good. Um, yeah. Maybe we got a little lucky against the Titans team. And that's probably about as much as we can reasonably say at this point in an NFL season. Well, you know, uh, uh, by the transitive property, we're better than the Titans, the Buccaneers and the Saints because uh, the Titans are supposed to be terrible, but they blew up. Uh, like, I mean, just, just stomp on the Bucks. And by the way, in a way I've never seen the Browns actually play except for like one or two games uh, at random over the past 10 years, the way the Titans beat down on the Bucks, who were terrible. Okay. But then the, Buc the Bucks went out and just beat uh, the Saints, who, you know, are probably much more terrible than we realize. Well, it's uh, that weird time of year in the NFL, Pat, where you don't yeah. really know who's good or not. Things are still shaking out. Exactly. Uh, one other, um, one person who is particularly surprised uh, is uh, one of our uh, loyal listeners, the, the vile Stiggy Thins, is some of our. Regular listeners will remember us talking about him. Uh, he texted us during the last week's podcast, um, uh, uh, boldly predicting, quote, the Titans will smoke us this week. It will not be close, period. Mm. Great call, Stiggy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do believe, Maddie, the, the, uh, the official Maddie and Patty prediction was an incredibly bold uh, toss-up. Was what our was what we uh, uh, labeled the game. So uh, uh, clearly, we were right. So once again, we nailed it. Crushed that. Um, we we clearly crushed that one. Yeah, my, I mean, my big takeaway is, uh, uh, you know, I, I the reason I had optimism last week was I didn't think we were as bad as we looked. I thought we let uh, a couple of really bad breaks demoralize us, and then we kind of let the game get away from us. Um, like I still feel like we're better than we even showed in that Jets game. It wasn't just the Jets being better than we thought. I think we also kind of stopped playing. We played really well for, for, for the early portion of that game. And then they sort of adjusted and we didn't adjust back. And literally uh, had every break go against us. 
Yes, yes. Whereas, whereas in this week, honestly, it wasn't, this wasn't the same thing where we got every break going for us. As you pointed out, the Titans got a couple of big breaks uh, that, led to, that led to at least one of them led to a score, right? Uh, I believe. And so we, you know, we clearly got the, the, the plus side of the ledger on luck in this game, but it was not as lopsided as it was uh, against the Jets. So um, I, you know, I'm encouraged by this. I think this team is more what we thought it would be, which is a, a, a plus offensive line. Not a great one, unfortunately, yet. Uh, we'll have to see if they can get better. Uh, you know, maybe this, the offensive line will be better if it had a, a more a plausible uh, 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 quarterbacking threat. More on that in a second. Uh, but the defense began to show up for most of the game. The pressure they had reminded yeah. me early in the game and late in the game reminded me of the pressure they got on uh, Fitzpatrick in the Jets game last week until they just stopped putting the pressure on. So I feel like this defense kind of, uh, you know, redeemed itself to an extent, but still was not uh, anything to write home about. It was a step in the right direction. It's still giving up a lot of rushing yards, I believe, Patty. Uh, Yes, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Also, uh, Uncle Granty, one of our other loyal listeners and uh, correspondents, uh, he also preached patience uh, uh, privately on our uh, friends' uh, email lists. Uh, But I think you and I can calmly say that he should go to hell, right? Yeah, come on. Yeah. We all have that friend, you know, who played football like once or twice in high school, wasn't particularly good at it, but he played and you didn't. And so then he believes he understands everything about football and wants to correct you about everything. Uh, you, you, I think you had to deal with most of this because I was busy, uh, uh, you know, uh, becoming a father when uh, Grant was complaining to us about last week's podcast. Yeah, I don't want to listen to anything he's got to say, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I, I think that's best for our viewers, too. Uh, man, let's move on to the, the biggest storyline. Mean, look, uh, Travis Benjamin obviously was the, the, the biggest performance, and uh, I'll talk about him in a second, but let's just get right into the, to, uh, Johnny Manziel, who is, uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, he is the best deep thrower in NFL history, the best deep passer in NFL history. Did you know that? that by, by what measure? He has attempted only three passes in his entire career over 30 yards. <laughs> And all and all three of them, all three of them have gone for touchdowns over fifty yards. All three completed, all three for touchdowns. That's pretty good. Yeah. Every anytime he throw, I mean, obviously we should be throwing over thirty yards every single time he drops back. I think that's the lesson is clear. (laughs) The lesson is clear. Nothing. Um. Yeah. I mean, again, you didn't watch, but you uh, read enough. What were your thoughts on uh, the 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 Johnny? The other thing that I was picking up on was, you know, people were saying, hey, great, great job, Johnny. You had a great game. Uh, you're still not going to be a, 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 a viable NFL quarterback. And I guess my quick takeaway, and I'll see what you think, is no, I think he actually uh, amply demonstrated that he has the ability to be a clear, solid NFL quarterback. Whether it can be more than that, still a big question up for grabs. But um, he, he has some skills that we have not seen in um, Cleveland in a long time. So uh, there's something yeah. there. And that's, 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 that's where I'll start with. What are your thoughts? This is damning with faint praise, but we got to remember yes. where we're coming from on him, where we thought he was a, a terrible, not even close to NFL quarterback, could not be in the game for any period of time. <laughs> and we just get lit up. That's not what happened in that game, right? Like yeah. whatever else you want to say, he wasn't horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, is a, that, that is a progression from where he was last week, I think, and certainly a progression from what we saw last year. So the, the trend line is pointing in the right direction. I still have the concerns, a uh, number that were raised in the article that I think you're going to talk about, right? Like 
especially yeah, yeah. about his height and size and strength generally. Those are my biggest my biggest things. And whatever well, speed he had in college isn't as playable um, in the NFL. I think those are long-term worries. And if he's just smart enough to be able to go through his progressions quickly and make good decisions, right? Like that's the hardest thing. There's athletes that are way better than him that can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's – and that's the thing. So, so let me recap this, this article that, that we're talking about so our, our, our listeners uh, can be queued in. Uh, so Monday Morning Quarterback had an article by Andy ben, Benoit – Benoit? I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, uh, where he basically made that argument of like, hey, great game, Johnny. You're not going to make it in the NFL. It's like kind of a curious time to, to send that, that post. But, but he had three basic arguments, which are legitimate. But I, I came away unconvinced uh, in reading the article. Uh, you know, not that Johnny's not going to be a great – is not going to be – sorry. I wouldn't come away convinced that Johnny's going to be a great quarterback, but just that he didn't convince me he's definitely not going to be a good quarterback. Uh, so here's his, his main criticisms are, uh, you know, he, he, he lacks adequate arm strength. He obviously doesn't have, uh, he's too short uh, and he doesn't have any pocket presence. And that's why Johnny's going to fail. So, so let me, let me, let's break down each of these things and talk through about it. So, so first of all, I've heard this knock several times. I started looking it up. Like, was that his draft? Grade? I thought his draft grade was that he actually had pretty decent arm strength, like not world beating elite Aaron Rodgers or frankly, uh, Derek Anderson <laughs> arm strength. Guys who have cannon arms, or dare I say it, uh, um, Brandon Whedon arm strength. We'll talk about him later. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Brandon Whedon has a, has a rocket arm, you know. So you know, he, doesn't, he doesn't have that kind of an arm. I agree, he doesn't have that kind of an arm. But you know, I, I don't know. Clevelanders have seen a lot of quarterbacks come through Cleveland and play uh, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns: Charlie Fry, Colt McCoy, Brian Hoyer, who couldn't throw the ball thirty yards without it like fluttering in the air. Uh, he clearly has above average arm strength to me. Uh, He's the greatest long passer of all time, Pat. Of course, as, as I already said. But no, but I thought his whole reputation out of college is that he has a great deep ball, great touch, great speed, great distance on his, on his deep throws. He can throw without really putting that much. Like, the knock that Benoit Benoit had was that he has to throw his whole body into it to to throw it all the way down the field. I, I went back and looked up a few videos. I don't see that. I've seen him like plant off his back foot and throw something forty yards, yeah. like on a rope. I've seen him like like stop back like a quick release 40 50 yard strike. Like I, I know he can throw the ball 60 yards. Like that's doesn't need to be able to throw 70 80 yards. Yeah, but that's he not has a good concern. touch on it. I, I don't think that the arm strike is really a good criticism. I think he's, it's it's not his, you know, he's not a world beatable but it's it's certainly solid. Height, height. Yes, obviously can't fix that. He's short. Uh, then again, as we point out, Russell Wilson is successful enough for a quarterback. Uh, Drew Brees obviously hugely successful. Um, he kind of intimated that Russell Wilson and Drew Brees are stronger and have better arms. I don't – I mean, look, Drew Brees is incredibly accurate for sure. Um, but I watched the zip he puts on it. I don't see it as being that much of a – you know, I don't see either of them as having much more arm strength than, than Johnny Manziel. But that's based on the eye test. I, I don't really have any I don't know. I mean, other measurements. What are your thoughts? Russell stronger to me than Manziel. F- physically or, or – Physically. Yeah. So is uh, – what, fucking what's his name? Uh, uh, God, there's so many lit- – the, 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 the litany of failed Browns quarterbacks. Uh, 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 Brady Quinn had fucking sure. guns, and he, was, he, had a, he had an arm strength that was probably comparable to, to Johnny Manziel's. It was not an amazing arm strength. Yeah, maybe even worse. That's fair. Probably worse the more he got, the more he got bigger. Um, so, you know, I don't see how Russell Wilson having muscles really helps him uh, overcome being short. Yeah, he runs the ball more, sure, certainly. Um, and I just said, Johnny Manziel's speed isn't world beating, but the point is it's good for scrambling. You know, the move he pulled off, uh, for that, that game clinching touchdown, which is one of the few parts of the game I actually caught. I, I made a total ass on myself in the, uh, Dwayne Reed. I was waiting for a prescription for Becca watching on my phone and 
tuned in for third and six. I thought I thought we were totally blowing that game and just watched that play happen. I, I thought he was about to get crushed on the blind side. He did that crazy spin out. That was just awesome. Fist pumping in the aisle, aisle three. Good for um, you. Thank you. It felt good. Uh, but yeah, so getting down to the, here, here, but here's the bottom line: pocket presence. Absolutely, this is what he's missing: the, the timing in the pocket, having that internal clock, going through his progressions, hanging in the pocket long enough to get to deliver that throw. Um, the thing is, he doesn't have that, but I think this is the one thing you can't actually learn. Uh, Manziel has shown that he's a smart guy, and you know if he's actually serious. Has he shown he's a smart know, guy? I, I think people have said, like, you know, when you talk to him, he's, he seems pretty sharp and he seems to get things pretty quickly. He's certainly quick enough with uh, good retorts and comebacks. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not a dummy. Uh, and the question is, the question I think has always been his maturity. Last year, it wasn't so much that he wasn't smart enough to get it, he was just being an asshole. He'd just get drunk and hang, get hung over and not really put the time or commitment into it. He seems to be doing it this year. And it's impressive if he has actually been, you know, dry. I don't know if he's, I mean, I assume he's been dry. I mean, he went to a, you know, rehab clinic uh, I, I haven't heard anything out of them something since. other than alcohol patty yeah no i think that's probably true as well but that that's not something that's easy to do that, that saw him drinking mimosas at a cleveland sports uh bar establishment so i think maybe oh okay so, so he's not so he's not uh in AA or anything like that but he's maybe in uh narc anonymous i guess um but anyway the point being he seems to be putting yeah, he seems to be putting the time and commitment in, and it seems like something he can learn. I had this thing that most impressed me was not the lead, but he had a couple of series in the Jets game early and in this series, in this game uh, against the Titans, where he was doing those check down progressions and hitting guys in, in the right spots and seemed to be kind of being more of a pocket quarterback. And then, of course, huge long stretches where nothing got done. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's the knock on him. But the point to me is that I'm seeing some real growth in his ability as a pocket passer. He seems sharp. He seems to have tools. This could be a project that ends up paying off in the long run. I'd say it's going to be. But I think it's premature to say he definitely can't make it in the NFL. I think he's done at least enough to say that he, uh, you, you can't count him out yet. Yeah, and, and that last point, the pocket presence, the other side of that article was the author saying that Mariota does not have that yet either, but he's confident he can develop it. Because, you know, because, it, why? I mean, yeah, he, he had, he's taller. He has a good arm. Um, I, you know, I guess it's, it's better than Johnny Manziel's. It didn't seem visually to be much better, but, but he threw a great ball, actually. Mariota has a couple of great passes that, uh, that were well defended by the Browns. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think I would trade Johnny Menzel for, for Mariota right now. Hands, hands down, yes. Right? <laughs> I don't think there's an argument totally, there. Totally, of course. If I had to no. bet on him becoming a productive starting quarterback in the league or not, I would still bet against him. Part of that is just he's got the Browns stink on him. Mm -hmm. But there is definitely I – would, yep. I would want better odds than I would have last week or two weeks ago on that bet. And then the trend lines are pointing in an okay direction right now. And that, Pat, in Cleveland Browns' world – is what we call a victory. <laughs> optimism. Reason for optimism That's alone. Right. That's right. It's a victory for a Cleveland fan. Uh, so uh, bottom line, Matty, uh, do you start Johnny next week or you go back to Josh McCown, assuming he clears uh, concussion protocol? Like I, I thought he would last week and he didn't clear it. I think 100% you let it roll with the kid. What's the, what's the point? What are we doing here anyway? I think you let it roll with mm -hmm. the kid. Uh, on Twitter. <laughs> we definitely are not. I, you know, I did see in uh, uh, on Twitter that uh, a unofficial depth chart 
listed McCown as the starter and uh, Johnny Manziel as the second string. Uh, but he hasn't cleared concussion protocol yet, and I don't know if that's any indication, that, uh, 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 or any tip of the hand of what the coaches discussed last night. Uh, no, and I all, think they want to keep Manziel in his, in his place too, right? Like they want to keep his mentality yeah. of you got to earn this each and every week. So I, I could see him mm -hmm. being second on the depth chart every week of the season and starting every week if mm -hmm. it made sense. Yeah. No, I, I have a feeling they're going to try and kick it slow with him. Also because it sounds like Joe Thomas and some of the other veterans still want to roll with Josh McCown. Even though Joe, Joe Thomas, who you know was uh, you know, obviously my hero, but also uh, was unflinching in criticism of Johnny Manziel last year and after the season. Uh, he's also been pr pretty forward in, uh, in his praise of Johnny uh, in training camp and the season so far, the kind of night and day uh, work he's putting in. Um, so that's, that goes a long way that Johnny's – and the, the cool thing was with all the quotes Johnny had about after the game about how it feels good, he kept talking about, like, the locker room. Yep. That was interesting to me because he clearly had lost it. He, everyone had basically said, oh, well, fuck you, Johnny. Like, you <laughs> go fuck yourself. And it, you know, that, that's not an easy thing to do, to, to win back a locker room after you lose it like that. Uh, and it seems like he has done that to an extent. So that's, that's encouraging. Um, for me, uh, if it's my brain, I'm with the Browns. You know, uh, veterans uh, all kind of want Josh McCown to start. I do think Josh McCown's still more polished. Uh, and, you know, judging on that one drive we saw, I feel like there's probably more we can do in the passing game with him uh, as the quarterback. And also it's very easy to dump him and go back to, to you know, Johnny, but by that same token, we're not winning Super Bowls, and who gives a shit? Why don't we take our time with Johnny? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, see, you know, see what Josh can do, since he, you know, didn't do anything to lose the job yet. No, except get his head bashed in. And I don't think so, we're. Uh, but we my heart. I, I think we could play him, start him, and pull him after us if he screws something up. He's not at the point where we can't yank him out of a game if we need to. I yeah, don't have an issue exactly. with that for his confidence. I don't care about that honestly at this point with him. Like if he goes in and screws a bunch of things up, pull him. For a series or a half or, you know, like yeah. Brown supposedly is mature enough to handle that and knows his place. And they got to get Manziel mature enough. That's part of his humbling process. So I, I go with your heart, Patty. Well, no, but my, my brain was saying, sorry, Josh McCown, but my heart, my heart tells me that my grandpa's 97 years old. <laughs> He's only going to see so many more Browns games. And he wants, he wants to see John. He, he wants, sorry. He wants to see Johnny Manziel. So, uh, yeah. Do it for do it for a World War II veteran. Come on. <laughs> um, uh, briefly, moving on to the rabbit. Um, is this just scheme, just a Johnny connection, or is he going to be a real thing the rest of the year? So he's not going to keep this pace up, obviously, right? But he is a good punt returner. I think that'll keep up depending on how uh, you know teams might start kicking away from him or whatever. Um, which gives which is it's a good field position. Yeah, he's a real. <laughs> they they got the concede field position of the punt. Yeah. He, he uh, is, and yeah, and his speed, like you said, his speed. His speed yeah. will definitely keep defenses honest, uh, and he can be that kind of guy that will have three catches in a game, maybe, maybe even one catch. And it's that one catch that breaks the game open, or at least the threat of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, keeps defenses a little bit honest, keeps the safety back, which opens up underneath routes. You know, uh, if you watch that last play, that last bomb that he had. Um, you know, it was great. Was uh, 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 Johnny Manziel actually had two wide open receivers he could throw to on that play when he rolled out? Duke Johnson was leaking behind the linebackers and had a good five yards on them. That's what pulled the safety in, and all the, so it didn't pull the safety in. The safety just stopped going back. He stopped backpedaling because mm -hmm. he saw that guy breaking open, took a few steps towards him. That was it. Game over. 
<laughs> Brent Benjamin was open at that point and uh, isolated. So but honestly, even if uh, uh, that safety had tried to charge in, uh, Johnny could have still thrown it to Duke Johnson and gotten that first down. So uh, anyway, I, I think Rabbit's going to – it's great. He's finally doing what I think we thought he could do, which is yeah. a guy that would just, you know, be a threat and be able to make maybe one or two plays uh, uh, as, a, as a receiver and just be a constant threat as a punt returner. Happy to have him. So, yes, exactly. Um, so, yes, the defense, again, acquitted itself by apparently giving up a shit ton of running yards. Um, I, I don't understand this. I don't understand why our defense can't stop the run. That's real weird. Well, it's also weird that there's a familiar pattern here uh, across the board between offense and defense of a really strong start for most of the first half. And just before the first half ends, it starts to fade. And then it fades super strong in the second half. Like everything that was going right in the first half goes wrong. Is that, is that the other team adjusting and our coaches don't adjust back, don't have a second game plan, a second wrinkle to throw at them? Is it guys getting tired, not being uh, in shape? I don't know. It's, but it's, it's a problem that they have to – hopefully they're aware of and they stop because it's happened two weeks in a row. Yeah, I don't have great answers to that question. I mean, part of me feels like it's our linebackers just aren't very good. Yeah. I mean, who do we have? We have Mingo who's kind of a bust, but a useful player, but not an all-star by any stretch. I, I mean, Mingo's really that's, – that's one that the Grantland guys, really, Bill Barnwell's on a, in a harping on Mingo phase right now. I mean yeah. – Scott Solomon got hurt week one, and they weren't even really comfortable playing Mingo after that. So Yeah. Once again, Mike Lombardi, genius at football. Thank you, Mike Lombardi. Go fuck yourself. He's brilliant. Uh, oops, sorry, hang on. Maybe. He's, a, he's a genius. He's a I mean, football Carlos, genius. Savant. Dansby had a pretty good game. Yeah, but he's old. Craig Robertson played okay, but I think I feel like he's a solid player. Now He's not a difference maker. Yeah, what, whatever happened to Kirksey? I haven't seen him a lot lately in, the, in Nate Orchard. But Kirksey was the, uh, was the great cover. Uh, I mean, he's obviously great for, for run defense, yeah. but he was one of those guys that was going to be really helpful in coverage. I just haven't seen – I remember last year I, I, saw, I saw him a lot. I noticed him a lot on defense. I feel like I haven't noticed him as much this year. Totally agree. And I don't think Nate Orchard's uh, been active yet. Yeah. Hmm. Orchard. Um, and then our defensive line. Our defensive line's getting good pressure. I'm obviously we got, yeah, yeah. What's frustrating is we can't get any pressure unless we blitz, unless we throw more than four guys at the quarterback. And I like that they started dialing it up and just just throwing guys at him because that's what kind of helped save us. But our four guys can't get pushed. Yeah, which is disturbing. You know, I mean, obviously we're a three-four. We're not a four-three, but still. You tend to rush at least four guys every every down. It's a question of which four you rush, but still, whatever four we combine, I never see any kind of serious pressure with four men. No, that's, that's big. That's what you hoped for Mingo is that he would be somebody that could come in and get pressure on the quarterback. I think it just hasn't it hasn't materialized. I mean, we went over this last week, Pat. There's a lot of wasted yeah. draft picks on the defensive end that are just so it's a lot of dead weight on the team. It, it murders a lot of dead weight. Yep. Well, all right. Uh, any other thoughts on the Browns before we move on to uh, to um, well uh, uh, to, to to the rest of the league, so to speak? No, I don't think that's. I think that's my overall take. Is like where it's not it's not disaster. One tough week against a maybe better opponent than we thought. One mm-hmm. a little bit luckier week against an opponent uh, who's more speed. I think the Raiders game will be telling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, I mean, what do we know about the Ravens and Bengals? I mean, the Ravens. Lost to the Raiders. That was a big surprise. Yeah. 
Does that, does that mean the Raiders are better than we think? Or that the Ravens are worse than we think? Who knows at this point of view? I think this is all weird. <laughs> so it's, it's a doesn't, all doesn't mean anything. All right. We've been, we've been burying the lead here. Honestly, the biggest story of the week, uh, Maddie, is that uh, oh. Brandon Whedon is going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL next week. God forbid. And I, for one, am God forbid. <laughs> I am excited. Uh, Maddie, I don't know if you saw this. But uh, Jerry Jones recently said, quote, you won't pass her than Brandon Whedon. <laughs> that, he, he, he was not winking. He was not uh, uh, laughing while he said it. He was saying it all serious. Here, here's the full quote. This quarterback, Whedon, can drive the ball down the field. Or should I give a, a southern twang? He's a thing of beauty. Throw, I'm throwing a football. His passing motion, his arm, frankly, you won't see a more gifted passer. I don't know if this sounds like Jerry Jones at all. Power, accuracy, and the entire aspect of it. If he can basically repair, prepare, be the starting quarterback, come in and execute, and keep his head right, then I feel good about Whedon. Um, I think the key phrase there, Matty, was keep his head right. I, I guess. As you point out, this is a man who told a reporter, God forbid I am forced to play <laughs> in the preseason. This, this is a man who once got sacked by the American flag before his first NFL game. Yeah, I would super concerned ah. if I'm the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, uh, his ability to throw a football has never been the problem. He, ha- he has a gorgeous arm. He, th- he does throw a beautiful football. Uh, a lot of people throw a beautiful football. My Uncle Tom, until you know, into his 60s, you know, throws a beautiful football a long way. He's not an NFL quarterback. Not even <laughs> Division One quarterback. It's not everything. Uh, uh, all, all apologies to my Uncle Tom, who does not deserve that. It's a great man. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, wow, this is going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the Cowboys game already. Jason Witten maybe supposedly hurt, too, for that game. So it, no, no Witten, no, no Des, Des Bryant. That's about as a bad a 2-0 start as you can have for a team. How? Yeah, seriously. How long is, um, is uh, uh, Romo supposed to be out? Have you seen? Uh, I think they're pretty um, – Decent forecast for him, six to eight, I think, weeks. So he'll be back. So he's kind of, but he's on a similar timetable as Des Bryant, right? Uh, I, think, is like, I think that Des Bryant forecast was six four to six originally, and now it's getting pushed way back. Oh, oh, okay. I okay. think he had to have bone grafted on to his foot. Like it's he. I think it'd be a surprise now if he came back for the season. Oh, okay, okay. Then being done. Ah, wow. Uh, Maybe uh, it's a much more pessimistic forecast than it was initially. Yikes. All righty. Um, so any other thoughts on Brandon Whedon starting NFL quarterback? No, God forbid. This is the best. Isn't it going to isn't it be great to just watch a former Browns quarterback just just destroy another fan base's hopes and dreams? It's nice. By just, it's going to be great to watch. It's going to be a mm-hmm. beautiful thing. Uh, Matty, I, I don't know if you know this, but the Tribe are, are in a uh, – uh, a playoff race right now. Deep in the thick. Are you aware? They're right in the thick of it. Oh, uh, Very exciting. So, so uh, yes, yes, sarcasm. Um, <laughs> but, so, yeah, here's the situation. Uh, the Tribe are four games back out of the wild card. We've got 13 games left to play. That's pretty steep. Four games to, to make up is a lot in 13 games. Uh, but, however, uh, the next three games – Next three nights uh, are a big deal. Uh, although I may have missed. Did Houston play the Angels last night? 
Yeah, they did. I think Houston oh, won. They, one, okay. Uh, that's frustrating. But still, point being that Angels and Houston play each other, so they're going to be beating each other up uh, for the next two games. The next three games uh, are against the Twins, who we are behind in the standings. We also have another four against them at home mm-hmm. coming up. So we can easily leapfrog Minnesota, no problem. Hopefully uh, uh, the Angels and the Texans, because Texans also play Houston over the, over the final course of the year. They all kind of beat each other up and play remote, relatively 500. If we make a big run, and win, say, 8 out of 11, 7 out of 11, sorry, 8 out of 11, 8 out of 13, which is doable, 9 out of 13, decent shot at, at, at finding a way to get close enough to force to force a 14th game because we have a makeup game against Detroit we haven't played that will only yeah. be played if we're, if we're within a game of the, uh, the wild card spot. So it's scary for me, Pat, is I think the last time we talked, I said I, I thought the Tribe were going to need to get like 87 wins to get yeah. in there. Yeah, uh, that, that would good. be going thirteen and one. You know, fourteen games. Yep, yep, and that's probably right. But you know, I still feel like we get a little, you know, eighty-three, eighty-four. Stranger things can happen just because other teams are going to be playing each other so much. If they all play to five hundred, we might just claw back enough. But you know, I could probably do math and figure out for sure if that's. <laughs> Right it's quite, but the, I, I, I ain't got time As of this morning, we're between four and eight percent. So you're saying there's a chance? I'm saying there's a chance, buddy. Well, but here's the thing: if we sweep Minnesota, things change, right? If we sweep Minnesota in Minnesota, things change. That takes care. Uh, of that makes Minnesota's it, playoff chances are not much better than our own, unfortunately. It's really the no, uh, that's true. It's uh, Houston sitting a little prettier than you'd like. No, that's true, but, we, but that, what that does is it gets us three games in and we're in a much better position to, to reassess our playoff odds, basically, right? And we yeah. start putting the pressure on other teams and they see us playing well. You know, if, if I were to hear another team getting a sweep, it would be pretty demoralizing. Like if, if Houston sweeps the Angels, it will be demoralizing. Uh, although, you know, there's so many teams we can catch up to because, you know, Texans don't have a big lead on Houston either. So, um, so, so the point being, tonight's when it starts. And here's another uh, fun fact uh, about tonight's game. Matty, right now the Tribe are at 500. 74 and 74. This is the fifth time in a week they've been at 500, and they've just not been able to get over the hump. So uh, there might be a psychological block block there. If they can find a way to break through that, that would be pretty encouraging. God damn it. Let's do it. Let's just – let's do it. Let's – if it leaves only one thing left to do, Matty. Win the whole damn thing. Win the whole fucking thing. Exactly. Jake Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, one of the things that, that surprising um, uh, part of our um, comeback here in the last month of the season has been Josh Tomlin, who uh, is throwing a, a fastball that I think tops out at 88 miles per hour. Oh, yeah. Uh, has been injured most of his year. As, you know, he, he, he gets up a lot of home runs. Uh, but he might be our third best starter right now, which is crazy. You're putting him over Cookie? Uh, no, I, yeah, right now, lately, Cookie didn't, didn't, didn't come through for us the other night. Uh, I mean, look, long-term, no, of course not. Uh, but last four or five starts, he's been our third most reliable starter. You know, I do like – Danny, there's – He's been good, that? and I like, our, I like the depth of our, uh, of our starting pitching still. That's helped because – Yeah, it's pretty great. sound like Terry Pluto, but something happens to a starter every year. You never know. And even during <laughs> the course of the year, it's good to have that kind of depth. That's uh, – that is and will remain an asset for us. You know what really helps you win baseball games, Matty, is having good pitching. It's amazing, isn't it? Good hitting is not crucial. bad either. 
And the combination. You know, it's true. If you can have those two things together, Matt, you're in a good place as a major league baseball team. Words of wisdom from Terry Pluto. Uh, another thing that's kind of concerning is uh, Corey Kluber's health. Corey had a he's been he was hurt for a couple of weeks, missed a couple starts. He came back. He didn't really look like he was all there. No, uh, he left the game a little early. Yeah, a little um, early. I don't think he's gonna. I didn't see any any news about him being hurt or missing his next start. But uh, hopefully, it was just he was a little rusty, and uh, they didn't want him to do a full hundred pitches after having two weeks off. I don't know. Right. Have you heard? Nah, I, I think that was it. I think they, I think they yeah. just were, were being extra careful with them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then finally, uh, Francisco Lindor is still making a run at this Rookie of the Year thing. Uh, as Correa's average keeps dropping. I was just looking up the numbers. I was on uh, ESPN Stats site today, and their war rating, I forget which one they use, but uh, Lindor has passed Correa. That's awesome. 3.7 I mean, war for Lindor, 3.4 for Correa. So the biggest difference now, deal, people are looking for him, sure. Yeah, great. and the biggest difference the biggest difference between them right now seems to be home runs. Because uh, you know, uh, he, you know Lindor is getting on base a little bit more. He's hitting he's hitting a higher average. Uh, he's metric he's better in the field. Certainly flashier. Uh, yep. The metrics support that too. Uh, they're pretty much even on stolen bases. Though Correa has a little bit more. Um, more attempts at least. Um, and he has more home runs, but not, not by a ton. It's like what, 17? I think he's got 19 now to 10. Is it 19 now? Damn. I don't know, but home runs do say a lot about that do, do speak for a lot. So it'll be, it'll be tough to make up that home run difference in the, in the, uh, the voting, but I have a feeling it's going to be a really close race and Korea will not be, uh, I think Korea is probably still going to win it, but fuck it. Lindor is my rookie of the year. Yes. Uh, and, and certainly the Tribe vaulting over the Astros into the playoffs would be helpful for Lindor's case. That's true. That's true. That would be pretty exciting if you pull that off. Um, all righty, Matty. Anything else you want to say about the Tribe before uh, tonight's game again? So uh, if you haven't already, guys, um, you know, to, to fucking log into MLB. Pay for the rest of the month. Go watch it online tonight. Uh, it should be at 8 o'clock tonight. Tribe versus the Twins. Uh, we need to win tonight, basically. <laughs> it's pretty much every game is must win. So let's see what we do. Get yourself fired up for next year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, so Cavs training camp is coming up uh, end of the week, right, Manny? Uh, September 29th? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, well, that's not the end of the week. That's uh, yeah, Monday, week, right? week from today. Yeah, yeah week from today, uh, which is very exciting uh, to have Cavs basketball back. Uh, we can stop uh, being depressed about the Browns uh, and stop relying on the Indians to get us excited about Cleveland sports. Uh, but there's another uh, big factor that is playing into this is that uh, I didn't realize this, but the, uh, qual- the, the, the deadline for TT to accept the qualifying offer uh, is coming up. Uh, basically, uh, October 1st is the official deadline I've been reading. Yeah, I think that's right. For him to accept it. Uh, but they, they think that uh, 29th, the start of training camp, is the effective deadline. Like they could still work something out, but they'll want to start it by training camp if they're going to make a move, you know, they might as well do it then to get right. them in the training camp. There's no point, no point in waiting a day. That's sort of silly. So that's what they're thinking. It might happen before the 29th. Um, Windhorse had a piece on it saying they're 14 million apart. Cause I had the numbers off last week when I said 90 million, it's 94 million over five years. So not that much of a difference, but you know, close to a, an extra million per year. Uh, so I get why he's, this is now a 3 million difference per year. Uh, roughly between his two numbers. Yep. I still don't see it. I, you know, we, we said, Maddie, that we would, um, 
you know, uh, we come up with something for me to do if he signs a qualifying offer because I feel like there's no chance he's going to sign a qualifying offer. It, it just would be such a terrible idea. From a risk standpoint, yeah. from money okay. standpoint, giving up $8, giving $8 million now to gain you know, $14 million over the life of a contract. It seems is, a terrific risk. Especially because I, I can't believe he really thinks he, he deserves and, and is going to get a, a max. He's hopefully angling for something in between. And that seemed to be hinted at in the Windhorse piece that this is all posturing to get uh, something in the middle ground, something that, you know, more than, more than Draymond Green. And I would, be on, I would be on board with that. If the Cavs give him $85 million, great. Extra fuck you to Draymond Green, right? Yeah. Who can't get behind that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I hope that's what the Cavs end up doing if they cave to say, all right, fine, let's do 85 and call it a day. Uh, and he'd be crazy to pass up uh, that uh, inside a qualifying offer. Um, but yeah, so if the Cavs do, sorry, if TT does actually take the qualifying offer and, and terrifies us all, what should I, what should I do? This is as a punishment for saying that he wouldn't do it. This is as a, yeah, I was, I was trying to say how, how confident I am. You know, last week we, we couldn't figure out what, what, what's going to be I think my, you should like, buy a Thompson jersey immediately. Mm. Okay, done. I'll buy a Thompson jersey immediately if he signs the qualifying offer. I think that's fair. Okay, that's fair enough. I'll buy that so I can see it, uh, join the, the dustbin of, of that's former right. Cavs jerseys. Verzao is the only current working, functioning Cavs jersey yeah. I have. I, I do think that um, – I don't believe Paul's point that if he signed the qualifying offer, he's not going to sign with us next year. That's stupid. There's still a chance we could offer him more I don't money than anybody. He doesn't care about that. That was just posture. Uh, we absolutely can. I don't understand how we how we couldn't. Uh, if, I think we do retain his bird rights, don't we? Yeah. So I, yeah. So if we retain his bird rights. We can offer him more money. So he'd have to pass him more money just to say you guys didn't pay me what no one else in the league thinks I'm worth. Right. <laughs> Last year, like, like, come on, you know, they are making a fair market value thing. So there's no there's no insult here. There should be no, no insult here. Uh, so you can't take that. No. But. Uh, and it doesn't I, seem like TT's acting that way to the Cavs or any of his teammates at all. So I, I don't think we should yeah. worry. And I, I'm not worried also because LeBron still isn't doing anything. Yeah. I don't think LeBron, you know, I, LeBron wants him here. Uh, I don't think he's going to let him just walk. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, it, it, training camp. I mean, this is exciting. We get, we get Cavs basketball back, Maddie. That's, be a how lot of podca- That's how this podcast started. I know. We're going to have to. We have to start thinking about uh, season previews. Oh, it's going to uh, be great. It, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Cleveland sports fan right now. Uh, tribe, tribe winning. Cavs are about to start playing. The Browns weren't horrible. It's not much more you can ask for, Matty, except – Oh, oh uh, one other uh, piece of, of fun former Cleveland player news. Um, it's time to light a candle for the uh, Care Bear. Uh, poor guy. Anthony Bennett, former number one pick in the NBA draft by the Cavs, is – Bought out by Minnesota. <laughs> uh, Just, he'll land somewhere. Somebody's going to pick. Yeah. He's he's not done in the league yet. Yet. No, it's it's still weird to me because he had a dec- He has a he had a good shot in college. Yeah. And you, you think he could develop that into a consistent, dangerous three point shot, and that's all you need. Yeah. To be a rotational player, I think he just doesn't have the basketball IQ to play good defense. Uh, it, you know. Really looks like a disastrous pick on our part too. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm I mean, glad turn- we threw it. We probably would have had to throw, you know, if we had taken Noel or something there, we probably would have had to throw that into 
the love deal yeah. maybe, but um, yeah, it's it's meaningless you know. in terms of our current future. It, it, it has no impact in our current future. I think you're absolutely right. Whoever we would have drafted in that bad draft, uh, we would have had to throw into that that uh, that but deal. I mean, still a bad look. Maybe, yeah, absolutely. Still a very, very bad look. I mean, if we don't toss them in, we have to toss in, you know, Deion Waiters or something like that instead. Yeah. And then we don't have, then we can't toss Deion in to get uh, Shump, Mozzie, and JR. So, yeah. you know. So it, it all's well that ends well. And hopefully, like, our heart goes out to you, Care Bear. Uh, yeah. I, Cleveland fans still think well of you, even though you're a horrible draft pick. I want you to do well. You're a good guy. For but, sure. Uh, Hang in there, buddy. Uh, all right, Maddie. Uh, I think that does it. Anything else that we didn't cover? No, I think that's good. And I should probably go back and hang out with people. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, go you back probably to have vacation. a son you have to do something with. I what? Oh, that's right. I have another child. Um, yeah, I should probably go back and be a dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, next week, uh, ideally, Sunday. the game is a Sunday. Uh, Sunday night, we'll try. Yeah, that could work. I'm still here, and but we'll have a lot of free time. So yes, Sunday. Nice. Very All right, well, we'll see. So attentive, attentive uh, for those who like to listen live uh, and weren't able to listen this time because basically we had to just pod this as soon as I had an hour free. Uh, if we do a podcast on Sunday, uh, we will do it Sunday night after the game. Uh, we'll see if I actually be able to pull off uh, uh, doing it the same day, but we'll try. Okay. That'll cool. be the that'll be the goal. Sounds good, buddy. All right, Maddie. Until next time, this is Maddie and Patty saying Friendship. Excellent. All right, buddy. See you, see you Sunday. All right, man. Talk to you.